This is chapter two of Guess. When I opened my eyes, I was laying flat on my back in the garden. I got to my feet slowly, lightheaded from the heat, and as weak-legged as if I'd run to the top of Cattail Hill and down the other side. The cloud was gone, and the sun shone. Hens pecked in the dirt, a robin sang from its perch on a fence post. Bees buzzed, a cool breeze blew through the leaves. A crow had left its perch. My brother was just as I'd left him, sound asleep on the quilt. Bending over him, I tickled the sole of his foot to wake him. But instead of laughing and stretching his arms out to be picked up, he began to cry. His face turned an ugly shade of red. His scream sounded more like a cat than a baby. When I tried to lift him, he kicked and hit me. Pulling the laka out of my dress, I offered it to him, but he screamed at its touch. "'Thomas,' I cried. "'Thomas, it's me, Molly. What have, what, what's wrong? What, what are you doing? Why are you crying?' Thomas ignored me and continued to scream and kick. After a struggle, I finally got the grip on a squirming baby and carried him, shrieking with rage, into the cottage. Mom ran to meet us. "'Thomas, what's the matter with you, Thomas? Is he bee-stung, spider-bit?' When she tried to take him in her arms, he fought her, just as he had fought me. He screeched and howled as if he'd never stopped. "'Quick, Molly,' Mom said. "'Fill the tub with cool water. He's suffering from heat.' On shaky legs, I, I began to run to the well and drew a pail of water. Mom hadn't noticed that Thomas wasn't wearing the necklace. I put it around his I'll put it around his neck later when he'd calmed down and no one was looking. While I filled the tub, Mom stripped Thomas of his clothing and plunged him into the water. For a moment, the surprise silenced him. Mom explained to him, Mom examined him but found no sign of a sting, sting or a bite. Soon he began to scream again. Mom wrapped him with a soft blanket and rocked him in her arms. Nothing she did calmed him. If anything, Thomas screamed louder. Fetch Granny Hedgepath, Mommy, Molly, Mom cried. Make haste. Full of fear and dread, I ran up the lane, up Cattail Hill, and down the other side. Behind me was Thomas, perhaps. Dead already, behind me Thomas, perhaps, dead already, and before me was Granny Hedgepath, only out for love, was Granny Hedgepath. Only out for love, I would go to her door and knock. What do you want, girl? The old woman's voice was as harsh and as merciless as the crow's. Can I have a moment's peace without some foolish child, child hammer, hammering at my door? Please, Granny, it's Thomas, I said, gasping. He's screaming like a banshee and won't let Mom or me touch him. Mom sent me to fetch you. Can you please come? He's only a wee baby. Tush. The Most likely, it's nothing more than a spider bite or a bee sting. She began to close the door, but I cried. Mom already looked him over. There's not a mark on him. Thomas never cries. He's the best. Oh, fie, girl. Shut your mouth. You never know who's listening, do you? Granny Hedge passed round, but she hobbled inside of inside to get her medicine bag. From the door, from the open door, I saw an old table and a spindly chair. Dried herbs dangled in bunches from the rafters. The wreck of the cottage hid in the shadows, which seemed unnaturally thick. In the corners, Granny stepped outside as a quiet mouse in a room, full of cats, scowling and muttering to herself. She pinched my arm. Come along, come along, Sam Coverlow's girl. You t you'll see nothing in my cottage but what I want you to see. I ran beside the old woman to keep her long strides. To keep up with her long strides. Although I, not, I spoke not a word, Granny continued to mumble and mutter. It was clear she disliked me. But what did it matter? I'd come to get help for Thomas. Once he was cured, I'd never visit her cottage again. Whatever went on inside, I wanted nothing to do with it. Long before we reached the gate, we heard Thomas screeching. It's because he's pretend, Thomas, I said. You know what we all say. He's awful when they won't. Granny turned to me. Her face was fierce with, ang fierce with anger. Hush. Not another word from you, girl. 
I covered my mouth with my hand to keep from keep saying something sassy and followed the old woman into our cottage. Pushing Mom aside, Grammy bent over Thomas. She poked and prodded, and she looked and even sniffed. Finally, she straightened up and stared at Mom in the eye. You must be brave and not flinch from what I'm about to tell you, Angus Coverall. Mom trembled, and her breath became a gasp. It's brain fever, she moaned. Or Thomas will be dead before dawn. Tis not brain de- fever, indeed. Tis far worse than that. Granny seized, and Mom's hand held it tight. This baby is not Thomas, she said. They came for yours and left behind theirs in his place. No, Mom cried. Look at him. He's our Thomas. Don't you think I would know my own baby? Granny waved her hand in front of Mom's in my eyes. Look again, Angus Colverell. Tell me what you see in that cradle. Mom and I stared in the cradle. What lay there was long and scrawny. Its face was wrinkled as an old man's, and its eyes were yellow as a cat's. Tufts in its hair fing finer than a milkweed spores sprouted from his head he glared at us kicked at his skinny legs and howled like a wild thing never have i seen a creature so ugly no mom screamed it cannot be oh let it not be granny i longed to take mom's hand and comfort her but i backed away in shame this was my doing i'd said what i shouldn't have said i'd taken his necklace and wore it for myself if mom had learned what i'd done she'd never forgive me i pressed my hand to my chest and covered the tiny bump of the locket under my dress mom turned to granny and her eyes were full of fear and rage get this creature out of my house she cried it mustn't sully thomas's cradle granny took mom's arm and forced her to look at the creature it's a hard thing i'm asking you to do angus coverall but you must keep him treat the changeling with kindness nurse him sing to him rock him as if he were your own sweet thomas have you lost your wits mom asked nurse that creature i can't i won't i refuse to do it I make my, I myself will make take him to the crossroads tonight. Leave him there. They will they can come for him or not. I want my own child, not this monster. Be still and listen. Granny's grip on my arm on Mom's arm tightened. If you treat this changeling well, they'll treat Thomas well. But if you treat him badly, you can be sure your child's life will be filled with misery and suffering. If I mistreat the creature, they will mistreat mistreat Thomas. That's their nature. They come, they and theirs come first, even the ones they don't want. We and ours come last. She paused a moment. If the changeling grows strong and healthy on human's milk, they might take him and return yours. Mind you, it doesn't happen often, but I make no promise. I mean, I make no promises. There's still a chance you'll get your Thomas back, but only if you please them. Mom returned her gaze to the cradle. Tears, tears ran down her face. I do this not for you, but for Thomas, she told the changeling, my own true child who, who has been taken from me. With tears running down her face, she lifted the changeling to her breast and opened her dress. She be, he began to suck at, the, at once. The noise was the sound of, of him nursing, loud and slurping, as gritty as a piglet and many times uglier. Granny Hedgepath steered at me towards the door steered me towards the door leave your mom alone with it she said we must have we she must have peace and quiet if she's to nurse the changeling she led me to a stone bench in the garden and sat beside me thomas's quilt lay on the grass rumpled and empty a pitiful reminder of my little brother it were you weren't it she said you said what you shouldn't have said granny hedgepath hard ar- held my arms tightly and forced her, me to face her tell the truth i'll know if you're lying you wretch- wretched girl Trembling with fear and guilt, I dared not to confess to Granny. I pulled away at the old woman's fingernails bit into my skin, and I whimpered. Answer me, Granny shook so shook me so hard my head bounced, as if the old woman meant to scramble my brains. 
careless careless you stupid girl careless stupid girl you praised thomas didn't you you boasted and you drew their attention i didn't mean to speak out loud i cried the words were supposed to stay in my head but the old woman shook me again i knew it was the dame i came with the locket you hid under the shadows a sly as a snake you were jealous of your brother you wanted them to take him away no no i tried to escape the old woman's hold i love thomas granny hedgepath shoved her face into mine so we were nose to nose anger danced in her eyes i see the wickedness in you i turned my head away from granny's face yes i'd envied thomas but not enough to, to not enough to want the kindlefolk to take him no surely i didn't i was the worst i, I wasn't that sort of too, sister if the if only the old woman would go away i couldn't bear the strange earthy smoky smell of her or the feel of her cloak curse and scratchy and old skin against my skin her breath was raspy and its odor was a mixture of herbs, spices and stale food once more i tried to free myself but she didn't loosen her grip suddenly she pulled the locket out of my dress and unfastened it then held it in front of me so you took the locket i wonder why it hadn't kept the baby the dear baby safe thomas gave it to me he wanted me to have it it was just for a little while i meant to give it back but but i began to cry the old woman was right i was indeed a bad sister a horrible sister the worst sister a baby could ever have i didn't want them to take him i didn't she leaned even closer to me and hissed into my ear how do you like your new baby brother is he what you wanted without even waiting for an answer granny hedgepath hurled the necklace at me and strode towards the gate shaking with anger i shouted after her don't you dare call that monster my brother granny hedgepath looked back best learn to mind your tongue or it will, it, it will forever bring you trouble with a swirl of her tattered cloak the old woman strolled through the gate and out of my sight not knowing what else to do i fastened the chain around my neck and hid the locket under my dress i was no longer comforted or to feel against my skin but i didn't want anyone else to know i had it a few moments later dad came down the lane whistling his work in the field and done for the day usually i ran to meet him when i was little he hoist me up into his shoulders and carried me home how tall i'd felt perched up high i could never i could never see the or i could see the garden over the fields all the way to mirkwood lying in the darkest shadow at the mountain's feet he'd laugh and say shall i take you to mirkwood and leave you there for the kindle folk no dad no i cling to him terrified of the, of that dark forest and its mysteries i never i never had i gone there and never would i go this evening i ran, didn't run to meet dad i sat on the bench and dreaded what he'd do when he saw the changeling in the cradle he'd made for thomas dad stopped in front of me why molly why are you doing here sitting all by yourself without a word of greeting a loud screech in the cottage saved me from answering that can't be our thomas dad said wailing like a starving cat when he looked at me as if he expected an answer in a small voice i said you're right dad it's not our thomas i'd spoken too low for dad to hear with a puzzled face he went into the cottage and i followed him slowly scooping the changeling up he looked at mom what's the matter with our thomas he looks a bit poorly mom began to cry i turned to dad to explain but before i could open my mouth dad asked has granny hedgepath seen him angus he looks worse than i th first thought yes yes she's been here and gone mom sighed there's nothing she can do it must be bad if granny can't help dad said the changeling closed and rocked him gently never fear thomas we'll make you well again the other healers who know much more or even more than granny heads pass sam are you blind mom cried that's not the thomas in your arms that's not our thomas in your arms dad smiled and looked down at the changeling who stared back with his strange white eyes don't be daft dad said if he's not thomas and who is he he laughed as if mom were making a joke i snatched the changeling from dad and held it in his front of his face look at him i screamed can't you see it's not thomas shrieking the changeling wriggled and wriggled, wriggled went, sorry 
wiggled, and fought to escape. But I held him tightly. They took Thomas today and left this in his place. Dad did not see the truth. They? They, Mom said. You know ev you know very well who Molly means, Sam. Look at the poor baby. Or look at the baby poor properly. Dad stared at the screaming creature in my arms. His face changed from worry about Thomas's health to horror what if, at what he finally saw. It can it cannot be. We've been so careful, Angus. We've not said a word to draw them to our door. Fearing, he, fearing he'd hurled the changeling at the wall, I took the strange baby from Dad. Shouting and making myself heard above the wailing, I said, "They came with their sickly baby and took our Thomas away from away with them." Dad groaned and turned away from me. We cannot keep their wicked creature. We must, Mom said. Granny Hedgepath says if we treat the changeling well, they'll treat Ch Thomas well. And if their sickly one thrives, sometimes they bring back the one they took and take and take their own away from, away with them. We'll never, they'll never bring our Thomas back, Dad said. I'll carry their cast off to the crossroads this very night and leave him there for them to take or not. No, Mom took the wailing ch changeling in front of me. We'll do as Granny Hedgepath says. We must, Sam, for Thomas's sake. Dad turned and unfastened her dress and brought the changeling to her breast. I could be I cannot bear the sight of this. Without another word, he strode out of the cottage. Mom ran to the door and called after him. Where are you going, Sam? To the tavern. There I'll hear no screaming, yelling brat. When will you come home, Mom cried. Not until you've taken that thing to the crossroads. I will not sleep under this roof until it's gone. Dad opened the door and nearly ran out of the cottage. I put my arms around Mom and pressed my head against her side. Above me, the changeling kicked and squirmed and sucked on Mom's milk as if he were starving. Dad, uh, or Dad will never come back, I said. Lord, Dad will come back, I said, my heart breaking as I spoke. I, he will. I know he will. Mom pushed me away. Leave me be, Molly. I don't need you tugging at me, too. Gone was Mom's rosy face. Gone were her dimples. Gone was her smile. From the worn, sad look of Mom, she might as well have been a changeling herself. Late that night, I lay in my soft bed in the loft, hoping to hear Dad come home before I fell asleep. But the only sounds were the changeling's wail and screech and Mom's wary attempts to rock into sleep. No footsteps in the lane, no sound at the door, no voice calling out Mom's name. I felt the locket under my nightgown. I'd wear it forever, not because it was pretty, but as a reminder of what I'd done. That was the end of chapter two, The Guest.